Welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And guys, so much has happened. It seems like so much has happened every week of the NBA. And what better time to talk about it now than, you know, the eve of the NBA All-Star Game. But first, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo and I'm joined by... Uh, I'm Daniel Wayne. I just want to say, uh, the you know, the recent performances by the Lakers, even though we don't have Anthony Davis, it's it's honestly scaring the, the shit out of me. And joining me as well. I feel it. Um, I'm cool as ice. I'm twice as nice. And I ain't never have a bad day in my life. Shout out to Martin Lawrence. It's your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sales. And of course we have. Yo, what up? This is Skyler. And uh, it, it's the regular season. Lakers are going back to back to back. Lakers three-peat. I've said it before. I'll say it again. And today we have a very special guest with us here. Hi, everyone. I'm Sydney Rocket. And yes, I agree with Skyler back to back to back with the Lakers and Dodgers, too. A um, little bit about me. I'm from Long Beach, California. I'm a graduate student um, studying journalism at USC. I was a college soccer player at California Baptist University, so I'm kind of retired now. I just work out a lot. And yeah, I love sports, love basketball. Previously interned with the Los Angeles Sparks. And I just want to, when I finish grad school, I want to be a sports broadcaster, anything that has to do with sports. So that's me. Hmm. So really quickly, what was it about basketball that kind of drew you in? I just grew up watching it and I mean, I tried to play it when I was younger, but like, I, it's just not for me. I'm more of like a soccer or volleyball type player and basketball just wasn't my thing. I was a little bit too girly for that, but um, <laughs> I just like watching it. And Kobe Bryant had a big, like, that was the main reason why I like basketball. Cause it was like, I used to watch it with my dad. And then I'll be like, like, Hey, he has the ball like 99% of the game. And he's the only one who scores buckets really. And then Shaq dunks it. And then, <laughs> That was when I was like, okay, this is Laker game for the rest of my life. And then, I don't know, that's just how my love of basketball started. Hmm. No, yeah, doubt, I mean, no doubt. It's super no doubt. cool because, like, Kobe Bryant has a distinct presence in all of our lives. Because me, I'm a, I'm a Warriors fan, as you can probably tell. But his impact on basketball, it just goes beyond, you know, barriers, right? It goes beyond, like, the men's game or the women's game. Because right now, peek behind the curtain, I'm wearing the uh, WNBA sweater, which it's my favorite one. Like, it's my best purchase thus far. And, you know, it's kind of like his impact on the game as a whole that makes him, I guess, that much more of a force in everyone's lives. And I guess that kind of force and that impact that he had was what compelled the Atlanta Dream to sell the team from Senator Kelly Lofter for former Senator Kelly Loeffler, excuse me, to a three-person ownership group that includes Renee Montgomery. So a little bit about Montgomery. She's 34. She actually retired after opting out of the 2020 WNBA season to pursue social justice reform. And do you guys know anything about her? Do you guys follow up on her career or stuff like that? Not much, not going to lie. Right. Not gonna lie. I don't know much about her either, even though I really feel like I should know a lot more. I mean, that's totally fair, but it's interesting because she could be considered one of the best players that's ever played in the WNBA. I think that could be arguable, but I'm, I'm saying that 
Um, she played for 11 seasons and won two championships with the Minnesota Lynx in 2015 and 2017. She was added to UConn's Huskies of Honor while she was playing, which essentially means she was added to their Hall of Fame while she was still playing. That's how much of an impact she had on the court. And she said, quote unquote, she's hanging up her Kobe's. And this is extremely important, the Atlanta Dream Cell, because it just shows the impact that the WNBA has, a, has on politics and general movements as a whole, because, you know, the former senator, she denounced the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think, Jarrell, you, me and Daniel talked about this way back when this when this was first happening. You know, Kelly Loeffler, she was a really strong proponent of just having everyone be, quote unquote, equal and not, you know, mentioning the BLM movement, which it you got to read the room, you know. And the sale of this team, the Atlanta Dream, shows the amount of power the WNBA players have because they pushed her to sell the team, which she eventually did. And they actually advocated, the WNBA players advocated for her replacement in Georgia. So it's, it's super crazy how much of an impact they had. And Montgomery is the first former player to be part of a WNBA ownership group. So thoughts on that? Because I know that's a lot. And we'll get into more heavy things in a bit, but quick thoughts on that. Uh, I'm first off. Uh, I'm just glad that Senator, you know, former. I think I'm um, former senator. Former senator Ken. Former senator Loffer is gone. Um, personally, I'm going to say it out loud. I think she's a straight up traitor to this country and, and to the republic itself. Uh, she's a on it. Let's let's be real. I think she she is a racist. Um, she is a person that doesn't belong in a league like like an in a organization like the WNBA um this I think this is all net positive uh to uh the the next owner coming in is African-American and we we all know in sports there's a disproportionate um majority of white owners you know uh, than to than other minority owners in all professional sports so it's a positive and two and 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 three this is the next owner is a player so that's uh, that's the biggest positive of all in my opinion because if anything the players would the players would in theory make the best owners because they've been in the position of the players themselves. So all around I think this is a brilliant move good for the WNBA to let this happen. Um just ch- just kind of echoing what Daniel said I I think who Renee Montgomery is and being able to be in this position not only as a woman but a woman of color as well as a player she just holds so many different identities to be put in this position of power is amazing. So I'm glad to hear that. Um I just tried to kind of look at her stats a little bit because I I haven't I I ha- just recently started following WNBA a little bit more because you already know the love of my life in the WNBA. Shout out to Candace Parker. All right. But anyways, um, yeah, I got to be a Chicago Sky fan now because she's over there. I'm just playing. I'm still LA LA Sparks all day, but I'm a Chicago Sky fan when I see Candace Parker play. Anyways, but I just wanted to let that be known because I I responded to your, do you know who she is, Jared? We need to let the fans know that I'm a supporter of the WNBA. But what do you have to say about Skyler? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, luckily I've followed, I'll follow the dub for quite some time. Uh, just being a Kobe fan, looking up Kobe every single day. And, uh, as I've mentioned on this pod, being from Canada, having to really, really do my research to follow Kobe, uh, and just the NBA in general and Candace Parker's whole career shout out to her for ripping Shaq a new one for, uh, just not following modern basketball yesterday. Man. Come on. Uh, that's, we'll get into that at another point, but this is amazing. You know, there's an SNL comedian, uh, 
Michael Che. And I remember one time he said, this Black Lives Matter should be the least controversial statement ever. Can we say they exist? Yeah. And and Will Smith said, sometimes you just need to have a comedian break it down so simply. And, and that's what's ridiculous about what Kelly Loeffler was saying. It is, it's just, it shouldn't be. It's like we support, you know, it, it's an obvious thing. Uh, so she needed to be out of there. You, you, you can't have that in the WNBA. Uh, it's ridiculous. And so what happened with the Warlock shirts and the activism of the WNBA, and then for uh, Renee Montgomery to get involved and become the first player in the WNBA to be a part owner uh, just sets a phenomenal yep. precedent. First former player. Uh, to, is, it just sets an amazing precedent. Yeah, I agree with all you guys. And honestly, I think this is going to be a ripple effect of more players trying to come into ownership roles. Because as you guys said, like there aren't that many um, people of color in office for the NBA, WNBA, NFL, like basically anywhere. So I, I feel like now more than ever, like players are obviously speaking out on like issues and stuff that matters to them. And they're not going to be quiet like from here on out. So um, I even remember Dwayne, what's his name? Whoa, I'm Lincoln. Chris Paul, he came to um, USC in the fall and he was talking yeah. about how he doesn't want to become a coach. He wants to own a team. So I'm like, I feel like a lot of players are about to start like coming into ownership roles for teams and stuff like that. Um, I just wanted to add that, you know, there's been even talks about there's also been speculation that LeBron James could eventually own a, like own his own NBA franchise down the road. This could be like the exposition to that ripple effect you're talking about, Sydney. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and kind of in that same vein, it sucks, but I don't know if you guys saw this, but Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, didn't allow KG to buy a piece of the Timberwolves or own a stake on in the team. And I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, he he was KG was really, really pissed about that. I don't I know mean, if I, 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 I did hear about that. And honestly, like. If anyone's more, like fit to own the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's Kevin Garnett. Remember, yeah, like, like we, we, <laughs> we all think about the only good thing about the Timberwolves is KG. He yeah, is like, exactly. the Timberwolves. He is the T Wolves. He is the he is the face of that franchise to this day, even though he he's retired. Like yeah. he's the only thing good thing to ever happen. Hundred percent. No, he uh, he like seriously that the amount he made the franchise more money than anyone who works there. He literally is the franchise. He made them have any relevance whatsoever. And I've heard and read his interviews about wanting to own a piece of the team for so long. I didn't know that he actually tried and got rejected. That just doesn't make any sense. There's something wrong that should be looked into. And uh, shout out to KG and his new book, KG A to Z. It's like an encyclopedic autobiography. Amazing stories in there. Highly recommend people check it out. Go ahead, go ahead. Before we get away from the WNBA talk, I just wanted to like say they're pioneering a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff. When we're looking at social reform, social justice, they are always the front runners when it comes to that. And now getting getting players, former players, into the front office owning type scenarios, they're they're pioneering. And I hope that this can kind of trick. It, it's already trickled down to the NBA as far as the uh, standing up for social justice and whatnot. But let's start to get some of these NBA players that like KG to owning teams. It's only right. Going yeah. off of what you Sorry, said, you I need people no, to right. start giving the WNBA players credit, too, for what they're doing. Facts. Because it feels like they, like you said, they did a lot of the um, social justice stuff where they 
didn't play games first and they put say her name on her back and stuff like that. And then when the NBA did it, it was like NBA did this, but it was like, okay, but the W did that two days ago. They just needed their credit. Absolutely. WNBA has always been ahead of the curve on social activism, on social justice and uh, wearing the shirt with seven shots in the back with Jacob Blake too, is one of the most powerful images I've ever seen in sports personally. And I think it sucks that exactly right. And I think it sucks that because the WNBA is, let's just say it, they're not seen to the same standard as the NBA for whatever reason they're not people aren't necessarily going to care about that because i think for me it goes back to how the men's mentality can like is made up because for us personally we see women and some guys are like oh no she's a woman she can't do it but that's not that's not true anymore like it never has been true women can do things better than men can and it's time for men as a whole to accept that like it's time for men to accept that women are better at some things than we are. It's fine. Like you don't have to be all macho about it. We need to kill toxic max masculinity. Cause I, mean, 100%. I, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, at the end of the day, men are like women, woman, like we're all human. And sometimes humans, no matter what gender you are, sometimes we're just better at some things and some people are just not better at, at other stuff. So like it's, it should, your gender should not even matter. Like, yeah, it's like, a, it's about accepting everyone, right, for who they are and what they bring to the table, regardless of. On the show, I'll makeup. say it again: Kobe Bryant's final article, the final article that came out uh, before uh, January twenty six, was him saying that there are women who are good enough to play in the NBA right now. So let's get Parker. it. Support the dub. Have y'all Candace seen Parker. Liz Cambage lately? Yeah, Have y'all yes. seen? yeah. My she put it in words. Yeah. My friend is a videographer and he like goes to all these practices with WBA and NBA players and he posts them on his in, on his Instagram and there was this video of Liz Cambe shooting like 15 threes in a row just like making all of them like hitting nothing but the net and I was just like she's practicing with all these NBA players too she's the only woman running through them I'm just like she could definitely play in the NBA nice. There was also that video, I think, during the summer, I think it was, where she was just decimating in, like, a post-up situation against this one dude. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a trainer. Yeah. But, yeah, she was was dominated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything. And it's, like, it's crazy because I'm I'm just going to have to, like, compare it to a player on the Lakers. It's crazy to think, like, they – I have to. Damian Jones doesn't have. He doesn't have any post moves, and we can even go to like Rudy Gobert, bro. Rudy Gobert is one of the best centers in the league, bro. I don't. I, I don't think he. If he has one post move, he does not have a counter. Liz Cambage is in her bag when it comes to post moves. Oh, yeah, come on, no now. doubt. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about this before. Like WNBA players have to be more skillful than NBA players, arguably, because they have. They're not as athletic, sure but they're more grounded and the way that they play is more what's the word i'm thinking about it's more methodical right it's more technical technical, critical as opposed to like if you look at rudy gobert or damien jones damien jones right yeah athleticism they just let's let's go rudy gobert damien jones was a horrible comparison because liz cambage is one of the best players in the wmba so my bad on that (laughs) <laughs> no man you're good but that's a that's an apt comparison though like it's showing the dichotomy between the WNBA and the nba because look at thomas robinson like dude was hella hella athletic but he had nothing else facts 
I mean, you're right. Yep. It just, like I said, it just shows a dichotomy, and it's it's super weird that the, the the WNBA is still seen as below women's sports in general. Because I covered, you know, women's soccer, women's basketball, and the, the those players they can nine times out of ten keep up with like the male players any day. And uh, I just want to say this: Sabrina Ionescu coming out of college, but yep. in like disregarding Dude. men and women, she is one of the best pure basketball prospects I've ever seen coming. Dude, out. I saw her play live. She, she's, she's like, she, Jared, you've seen, you're a baseball fan. You've seen, like, you, have you heard of the natural? Like she, she is the natural. Yeah. She, she's, she's, she just fits on the court. She has she that. She got you tongue twisted, bro. <laughs> got you stuttering over here. I feel it though. I appreciate it. I appreciate the love for her. I hope bro. she turned. Go ahead, Jerry. I'm sorry. I just keep. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> when I was watching her, I was like dumbfounded. Like, she's that good in person oh, yeah. too. She I genuinely, I genuinely believe if Kobe saw something in Sabrina, like, like she will. I think I believe she will live to uh, live up to that. And when, when she does, like, I could argue that she can definitely play in the NBA and still be very efficient on the court. No doubt. No doubt. But any uh, any last things before we move on to this next topic, which is more critical and more bad for the lack of better uh better term sabrina balls out two thousand points one thousand rebounds one thousand assists in her college season only player to ever do that and absolutely uh what when kobe sees something in players i always trust trusted his eye on that and so yeah sabrina ionescu is gonna ball out and uh let's get some dub players in the nba soon like kobe said yeah let's do it but Speaking of things that we shouldn't do, well, yep. Daniel talked about racism a little bit earlier, racist things. And I don't know if you guys saw, but Jeremy Lin has been at the center of a racist attack while he was playing in the G League. He was actually called coronavirus. And it was, I guess for lack of a better term, so egregious that the G League is actually investigating the incident to see what had happened. And it's this time is not the best time to, I guess, call an Asian player, Asian American player coronavirus, obviously because of everything that's happened with the coronavirus, but also because in the last few months, this, that blows my mind. According to Time Magazine, there have been, well, cases against Asian Americans, cases of violence against Asian Americans, I should say, have increased of upward of 1,900% since the pandemic started. And According to PBS, there have been 2,808 reports of Asian Americans experiencing racism and discrimination from mid-March to the end of 2020. And, you know, Jeremy, he's taking this in stride, I guess. He's taking the high road because he said on social media, quote, fighting ignorance with ignorance will get us nowhere. Sharing our own pain by painting another group of people with stereotypes is not the way. Listen to the voices that are teaching us how to be anti-racist towards all people. Hear other stories. Expand your perspective. I believe this generation can be different, but we will need empathy and solidarity to get us there. And when he posted that up on Twitter, there was a surprising amount of people downplaying his experience and other Asian Americans' experience of racism and you know violence because he's Asian. And typically, Asians have been seen as the model minority, which... You know, is bullshit. it's bullshit. exactly it's problematic in and of itself. 
And I saw some people that were comparing it to how African-American people were treated throughout the United States' history. And it's, it's this weird game of like race baiting or whatever, because they're saying, oh, just because you're experiencing it doesn't mean it's as bad as what we've had, which is the wrong way to look at it, if that makes sense. Like, racism person, is racism. Yeah, regardless of the regardless of the quality or whatever, no one should ever have to, you know, deal with that stuff. And going back to Jeremy taking a, like, you know, the, the high road on it, he's not going to disclose who the player is. He said, quote, it's not about trying to make somebody down or trying to take somebody down, excuse me. It's about building awareness and it's about promoting solidarity, he said on CNN. And for every three-pointer he makes, He's donating to organizations that focus on cross-cultural, anti-racism, youth empowerment work around different issues surrounding race and social justice. And, you know, just quick thoughts on this. I think this is horrific that he's dealing with this. You know, the fact that some people are comparing their own struggles and saying that, hey, you don't have it as bad as we do. So why are you talking kind of thing, belittling his experiences? That's bad, too. And I think what he's doing is the right thing, speaking up and showing that, you know, solidarity is what we need because our generation, everyone on this call, this is what's going to make that change. And so I just want to hear your guys' takes on this. Um, I think it's absolutely horrific. I completely agree 110% with you, Jared. Um, what When people are downplaying the racism Jeremy Lin is personally experiencing, that's a very dangerous thing that is, that's happening on social media right now people downplaying this incident because what's some like you know you can start something small but it it when it's like when you're dealing something as dangerous with racism what starts small is a turns into a slippery slope into something big and when it turns into something big it becomes dangerous we're like you know that's how sometimes these dangerous racial stereotypes are and we're seeing it like in real time like attacks against asian americans have increased you know ever since this pandemic began and, and and you know when that happens people get hurt so it's totally unacceptable when people are downplaying it because it's not it's 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 playing dangerous it's it's life-threatening yeah people have been getting hurt there was a story of a man in an 84 year old man in san francisco who was pushed and i think he cracked the back of his head open and he died and there was a story of a filipino man who was sitting in a subway and someone slashed him across the face and no one helped him he cried out for help and no one helped him. So, I mean, it's, it's the, it's a weird way of looking at things that this is how people want to do and go about things. But, you know, I'm here, I'm curious to hear everyone else's take on this. There's so much to like unpack when it comes to this, like how society works. Like we just, we want to keep jumping. Not, I want to, I'm saying we society wants to keep jumping on, different ethnic groups and just pointing out all of these stereotypes and showcasing racism. And it, and, and as for somebody that, that I'm going to speak on my experience because I'm, I'm black, I'm African-American. That's the only experience I can really speak upon. But as somebody that's personally experienced prejudice views, stereo, stereotypes, uh, racism, we, we, you know, we wanted support from others. Right. We want we matter. Black lives matter. We want to support from others. So for people to sit here and, and nitpick who can re receive racism, that's that's bullshit to me. I'm happy to hear that 
Jeremy Lin is speaking upon this. No, I'm not happy with what happened, but he has to be, he, he, he has to be that person. He's on a big stage. He's in the NBA. He has to be the person that speaks upon this because I can recall back growing up in middle school, high school, um, seeing bullying on the, on the scale of racism. And then when we're in school, we're kind of looking at it like, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of whatever I, you know, it's a part of life, right. It's being bullied, but it's not because that's like Daniel said, is a slippery slope and it goes into adulthood. It goes into our work lives. It goes into uh, media. We see it now. So I just think that's, that's, it's not right. It's not right. What's going on. I'm glad to hear that Jeremy Lin is speaking on it. I'm, it's so many thoughts going on in my, in my mind right now, because I, instead of drawing negative attention to it, see it as something you can relate to relate try to understand you know what i'm saying and that's the fucking problem excuse me had to scream that's the fucking problem with this world bro nobody wants to try to understand they sit there you say what's what's going and 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 from speaking about the black community i just have to uh, this is how i relate we receive colorism within our own community right and darker the skin lighter the skin yada yada this whole argument with it instead of understanding we we we're, we're the same and the same with our 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 our, our uh, Asian community. The same with uh, minorities, and we're, we're the same. We're we're coming from the same struggle. We're all receiving that those preconceived notions that people already have about us. They talk, you know, all the stereotypes: driving, uh, food, chicken, all this stuff. Like it's ah, I could go on, but this is not that type of podcast. So, Skyler, what you got to say? Nah, thank you so much for sharing, though. Really, really like appreciate it, and. Uh... You know, there, there's a lot to think about. First of all, shout out to Jeremy Lin for speaking out. It's really beautiful. And second of all, uh, the whole thing about, you know, not minimizing other people's pains and not comparing. And for me personally, you know, I know uh, on a few levels. First, my mom was a human rights lawyer. And so for me, just since I was a little kid and having, you know, mostly heroes who did not look like me, uh, uh, being a fan of basketball and hip hop in particular, which are predominantly black. And those are most of the people I looked up to. Uh, I always seek to understand. And I think we can all, all benefit from that. I've always seek to understand and to listen, to understand that, well, you know, for me personally, I I'm white and I'm Jewish. So being Jewish, I've been discriminated against a ton and I've heard all the time. Oh, don't talk about your pain because you're white. And I think, Something that white people need to understand is we all, if you are white, you have white privilege. And it doesn't mean you haven't had a hard life. It just means there's certain things that you don't have to experience because of the color of your skin. And so I think if just when I think of that, I think if we can all listen and understand more, uh, that's a really beautiful thing there. And I know for me personally, I'm very grateful for this podcast and everyone on it and getting to learn all of these different backgrounds and uh, viewpoints and things that I didn't grow up with. And I, I just reckon whenever I hear that, I think Jeremy Lin is really urging the same thing. And that G just said that G just screamed awesomely, uh, take the time to understand, you know, and I think if we all understand each other's differences, it's a better place. Sydney, what you got on this? Yeah, basically going off of what you were saying is like, you understand, like as a white man, like you understand, but the problem is that people don't want to understand and come like in United States, at least women's soccer is like a white girl sport. So like I was most often the only white girl 
or one of like, I'm the only white girl, only black girl. Wow. Okay. But yeah, so I was the only chocolate drop on like a lot of um, the teams I played on. And then, so it was just like, they accepted me because, you know, like I was on their team. I was their friend. But when I tell you, I don't talk to probably 99% of the girls that I used to play with because they were all exposing their true colors like last year. And I was just like, I was your um, like exception, but you don't like everybody who's my skin color. So it's just, they don't want to know. And like coming from someone who they used to call their friend, it's just sad because it's just like, you, some people just don't want to take the time. They think America is like this utopia where everything's perfect and people just need to stop acting like they're oppressed. But like Jeremy Lin has the right to speak out. And um, I think somebody already mentioned it before, but racism isn't tick for tack. Like just because um, like black people had it worse throughout U- USA history does not mean that like we should be saying, oh, we have it worse. Your problems don't matter. No, like racism is racism. And we sh- just like Asians stuck up for us during Black Lives Matter. We should stick up for them, too. Yeah, and absolutely. The thing about Jeremy Lin, like whenever there has been like you know, a a police shooting, he's always on Twitter saying like, hey, what can we do about this? This person was shot and killed, police brutality. What can we do to help make this more known so that this can stop? And he's always been a proponent of of such things. And so, you know, it's, it sucks to know that this is happening to him. And, you know, it sucks that Asian Americans are experiencing this. And it sucks that, you know, people are kind of downplaying their experience because of, you know, the bullshit model minority thing that's been going around but you know it's it there needs to be more listening and less shouting and absolutely i don't know if that's going to happen but it starts with us like just talking about this on the podcast is a good place to start because you know gee you you did something amazing by getting like a thousand people to watch our lakers thing and if a thousand people or even 500 people listen to this segment alone that's 500 more people that can be educated that for sure we're all in this together. Like we are one race, essentially. We, we don't, we're not trying to put people down. We're all the same. So no, yeah, um, you can't, you can't minimize, uh, you can't minimize other people's pains and, you know, beautiful cultures within the black community, the Asian com- American communities, uh, the Jewish communities, the, homosexual communities, all of it, no matter where you come from, race, differences, discrimination, uh, the more we help each other out, the more we're kind, the more we try to understand each other's differences, the better it'll go. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to say this thing, I kind of, I know I kind of reiterate like in my argument before, but to those that are actually downplaying it, I just wanted to say like, be careful what you're saying. Because it all starts up benign. It all seems so innocent, and it's all all fun and games. But I'm warning you, like something small can turn can turn easily turn into something more sinister, more violent, and it, it's in it like it not only it dangers those communities, but it's a danger to us all. So just just be be watchful what you say on the internet, please. And and this this isn't something small. Like I can. No. The crazy part is I can like, I see it. Like I see it happening because just in the basketball world, like you look at your teammates, like, yeah, yeah, we just joking, joking. Like we're going to say, we're going to call Jeremy this, this name and just start laughing, bro. I've had people not black call me the N word and I'm supposed to just sit here and laugh. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
that's how I'm relating it to it. And I said, yeah. I know we, we wanted to listen and stop shouting. And I'm sorry. I keep, I'm just passionate about this shit. Dude, it pisses me it off. It makes sense. And, it makes and, sense. And there's one Please. thing that we're missing from this. Shit. Whoever fucking said that is a hoe. F them. They should never said that. They, they should have got up. Like, bro, if I'm his teammate, like, cause who, what team is he on? Santa Cruz Warriors? If mm -hmm. I'm his teammate, like, bro, he getting us Ws? What, what, what y'all talking about? Why y'all over here? One call, nine call, straight. Calling my man his name, bro. What is going on with you, bro? We would have had to throw hands. If I was your man, I don't know, bro. That couldn't See, happen, bro. And I don't know if uh, Sydney wanted to jump in here to what Jarrell said, but really quickly. Um, so Jeremy Lin always goes back to, like, his, his college coach at Harvard, who always told him that, you know, it's – if someone calls you this name, it's fine because they're it's not, I guess their worldview isn't as expanded as yours. And if you call them out, it's going to make their life worse and it's going to make them, it's going to make their, it's going to bring them down basically. And Jeremy's message is just to always bring people up because we need to uplift others. We can't, if we're trying to get to where we want to be, what good is it if we just keep pushing people down? That's why he doesn't want to name who it is. And, you know, if whoever it is, maybe we'll figure it out, maybe not. But at the same time, we have to we have to pay attention to the bigger picture, which is, yes, this sucks, but it's raising awareness to to show people that we need to uplift others. We need to come together to make the world we want to be an actual reality, you know, so. I'm just I really want to know who it is. I that's what I'm stuck on because I want to know more about the situation. Did his teammates stick up for him? One, who said it to like, did the coaches stick up for him? Did, what did the refs do? I want to know more about the situation. Cause I know, um, luckily, like I've never been called the N word hard R like ever. Thank God. Be but because I know if I was like, I'm just going to pop off. I don't care if it's an old person or not. Like you have no right to say that. But um, yeah. So I'm just like, even if someone, were to call one of my Asian's friends that I would pop off. That's just me. So I want to know, like, what did the others do? Because if they just sit there and watch, that's just terrible. If I remember correctly, I think he told the team after the game. And then that's why the G League is investigating it. Um, Steve Kerr also got wind of it. And he's, you know, you know, singing his praises for Jeremy's moves and what he did. But, yeah, I think that's how the G league started the investigation was that he told the G league that, Hey, this happened to me, but he, I guess he, he isn't taking it too seriously to the point where he's like, Oh, I'm not going to play anymore. This thing, that thing. But you know, it's still, it's still a situation all around, but yeah. Any, anything to close up there before we uh, move on? I know it's a, a super heavy topic and, you know, I know we're not trying to go that route, but speaking of things that aren't, as bad i guess i don't know how to segue from that the nba all-star it's this sunday can you guys believe it it's this sunday uh it should not be happening but yes it's happening mood been talking about it for so long yeah. we've been talking about it for so long and now it's finally here um first of all have you guys seen the jerseys uh i have mixed feelings about it but yes i have damn g you look like you're about to burst what's going on the thing's ugly yeah, practice jerseys. yeah <laughs> like what's, what's going on like blue and yellow and the court like like what like last year's jerseys were great they've had so many good jerseys and then we got blue and yellow like what is this good night moon like come on uh it looks, it looks like, like 
YMCA, like if you play YMCA basketball growing up, that's exactly what these jerseys look like. Like go in the YMCA gym and play or something. Like that. It, it, it looks like something you would see in the 80s and 90s. I guess the retro look of it is, I guess I kind of respect what they're going for. But yeah, it's 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 not the best look. I'm going to be honest with you right now. I'm Gee, sorry. Warriors fan. These are your Warriors colors, bro. What's, what's going on? No, nah, man, they look like um, they look like the Pacers. No, but dude, gee, like remember when we were playing intramural back at Long Beach State? Yeah. These look like jerseys that you can get us. Like if we didn't go for the black and gold scheme, I bet you would have gone for this. Maybe, but nobody, nobody was beating BBD back in the day. Champion? Oh, did we win a championship that year? No, that before. Um, dude, no, we won in twenty seventeen. But BBD was was and jerseys was on point. Was a big baller drip or whatever. Yeah, no, beach baller drip. Long Beach, beach. house, beach baller drip. Oh, yeah. You're... Dude, I saw my jersey too. Sorry. Same, same. Oh, sorry, sorry for that aside. But... Memory lane. Yeah, but this looks like a rec league jersey. No lie. It's facts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sydney said it well. Like, it's a YMCA jersey, and you're going to have no fans. Like, this is not the year to experiment with that. No, this is not the year to have an all star game at all. But you know what? We'll... Here we are. Here we are. And what do you guys think about the court? Because personally, I think the court looks absolutely sick. Like, it's crazy. Looks so nice. It was also made in collaboration with the HB, with HBCU alumni. So all the more reason to like the court. Which, dude, it looks like a New Orleans Pelicans jazz court. It looks so cool. Like, I'm, I'm digging this. Hey, this is hard, bro. The big X in the middle. No X-Men, you feel me? Uh, it looks like, you know, like graffiti type art. Like, I think this is dope. I think this yes, is dope. That's what this reminds me of, Wolverine. Uh, I'm going to be honest. That is one of the most creative looking courts I've ever seen. That is a sick-ass court. I mean, Dude, yeah. Someone said on the uh, on the left-hand side of the court, there's like a picture of Marge Simpson doing like a breakdancing move or something like that. Hey, like this is like... Like this is like okay. How do I how do I say this? This is our podcast is fire, bro. The, <laughs> the amp, the fire trucks coming. Yes, sir. That's, that sorry. That, that's my that's my end. My Literally fault. fire. But, uh, this is this is like kids art, but like really really cool kids art. Like I love this. It's giving me Space Jam vibes a little bit. Ooh, which we'll got we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. They just dropped a little bit of stuff, and like the colors are just giving me space uh, jam vibes. It's popping off. Yeah, I gotta give the court some. I gotta give the court its props. It's pretty nice. Uh, the jerseys maybe not, but the colors do work with the court. Uh, I just wish um, we weren't in a pandemic, and this would be even better. But at least they got this right. The jerseys, not so much. Oh yeah, when you got the multicolor, I think they're wow. having um, frontline workers at the okay. at the game. But makes sense. My no question is in Atlanta. Hmm? No parties in Atlanta. Y'all didn't see yeah. the memes on Twitter. I, <laughs> I just forgot we're in a podcast. Nobody's going to see this. Yeah, for everyone that's listening, please explain what you just did. I winked. It was a joke. There it failed go. terribly. <laughs> but continue, Jared. No, I'm just saying, like, if they can hit on the court, how did they mess up so badly with the jerseys? Like, it says reportedly. So hopefully, this is just 
a sketch of them and they scrapped it and they went with a different idea. Yeah, Full of Sonic the Hedgehog, where they change up the design before it comes out. Yeah, like Hopefully, two days before it comes out. But yeah, so just a, a bit more NBA All-Star news. Um, quick thoughts on the Rising Star rosters, because you got for the U.S., you got Zion, John Morant, LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson, MPJ, and James Wiseman, again, for the U.S. For the world, you've got Precious Ashua, Precious Ashua, uh, Denny Advia, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, R.J. Barrett, Facundo Campazzo, Brandon Clark, Lou Dort, Rui Hashimura, Theo Malden, Malden, and Michael Mulder. So any thoughts on that? There's no uh, game, obviously. They just decided to, to name these dudes because... Cool. I mean, but. in a real game, uh, obviously, I think the U.S. stars would win. They have a couple future all stars and a couple future. Uh, well, all most of them are going to be all stars in their once or at least once in their career. Uh, I see a couple MVPs on the U.S. side, uh, international side, eh, not so much. Uh, in a real game, uh, I'm going to have to say the the U.S. side runs away with this. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I wish I wish THT could be on this list, but I understand. Um, I kind of agree with Daniel. There's already an all-star on the U.S. team. Um, world team really doesn't have that off player. Uh, ex- aside from like, yeah, but still, he's, 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 get, he's not getting he's not getting the coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like he he didn't make a rookie team last year, unfortunately, which he should have. And yeah. this yeah. year it's like Julius Randle. So. I don't know. Um, I forgot what I was going to say after that. Oh, Lou Dort. Lou Dort might be the best player on that world team right now because he he doing his thing. Bro, I wouldn't discount Nikhil Alexander Walker. But go ahead. He he had a nice uh, he had a nice buzzer beater there for sure. But for me, you know, yeah, definitely Team USA wins. You got Lamelo Ball. You got Shaw Morant, and then you got Zion Williamson, who will be one of those one name superstars. Who is the illest son? I know G wanted me to say there that. We go. Uh, there we go. And so Zion Williamson is the illest son. And so let's go. Zion's the man. Uh, he's gonna rip it up in the All Star game. He would have ripped it up in the USA game. And shut up. RJ Barrett, my Canadian homie. Uh, this dude is going to make waves in the NBA. Him and Julius Randle, I think, are going to make the Knicks relevant for the foreseeable future. Yes, you heard me right. The New York Knicks will be relevant for the foreseeable future, and RJ Barrett will be a large part of that. Um, I think RJ Barrett is going to be on a championship squad. He'll be a second option at best. A third option is most is most likely. Oh, fair, enough. fair enough. Sydney, your thoughts? I'm really like somebody brought it up that THT isn't on there. I'm like, dang, I really wish that he was on there because <laughs> dude is balling. Like he's hot topic right now. So yeah, obviously have Team USA winning because it's period. Like, did you guys see that list? But I just wish <laughs> THT was on there because he would be a great addition. Uh, uh, should be. I'll say this, uh, Jaw. Uh, He's a little bit underrated in my opinion. I think he can definitely be and and like he could I could see him winning like one or two MVPs in his career. I like Jaw Morant that much. I will say that. I don't see it. Talk to uh, Reagan about that. He's a huge fan of Jaw, but like Danny, he got me he actually got me into Jaw. I'm a big believer in Jaw Morant. I think he's a future top three point guard in this league. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe top five, but not top three. 
but Daniel, you <laughs> talked about underrated and you know, the skills challenge is super underrated in my opinion, because you got the I bigs the and the challenge. small. Yeah. But nobody else really does. Cause it's like, damn gee, I, it's looked like I just said something super offensive to you. Like I just looked at the list. Why is Robert Covington in this, exactly, this list? Exactly. <laughs> what? Okay. okay. So let me get to it. Let me get to it. Okay. So skills challenge. You got Luca, CP3, Robert Covington, Julius Randle, DeMontis Sabonis, and Nikola Vucevic on the on the list or whatever. But Robert Covington. Robert Covington. I okay, cool. He's there. Uh I'm gonna cool. be honest. The only I'm not like to me, I maybe I haven't I admit I have seen a couple skills challenges in my life but not too many. So I'm a believer that guards normally excel at the skills challenge. So I don't think any of these bigs are going to win it. Um, huh? Yeah, he, then he won like a few years ago. Who? Cat. Yeah. Oh, Bigs Kat. have been winning it the last few years. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I think the best, the big that had, in today's NBA has a, the best chance to win at the skills challenge will be Nikola Jokic, but he's not on this list. So if I have to pick anyone, <laughs> if I had to pick anyone on this list who's gonna win it, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean towards CP3. I just think compared to Luca, he's never won it. I think he's been in the competition eight times and he's never won it. I just why think, he on this list? He 35. Sit your ass they down. need someone, bro. <laughs> Dude, if they got Robert Covington, they need people. This is I, Julius Julius Randle's winning it. Uh, okay. I just think CP3 to win the skills challenge. I think you kind of ha- kind of have to have a little sizzle in your game, and CP3 has a little bit more sizzle than Luca. So I say Chris Paul wins first, but Luca comes close, but CP3 wins. But this is a guy that hasn't wa- has admittedly never watched too many skills challenges in my life. But the times I have seen them, I've quite enjoyed them. I got Luca, but go ahead, G. Uh. I think I said it just interrupted Daniel. I'm sorry. I was I, I got Julius Randall winning this. I, I don't know why CP3 is here. You're 35, bro. Chill out. Go, year 35. go to the All-Star game. Uh huh? No, no, never mind. Oh. You said year 35. Oh, y- you are. You are 35. Oh, okay. You're 35. So chill out. Um Covington, why is he on this list? I I like the Sabonis. Sabonis, you know who should be on these lists? Uh, players that like like our six men and our uh, most improved players. So Sabonis and Randall, that's cool with me. Like they could have put Jordan Clarkson over CP3 or something, or give players that aren't getting like a, a lot of like acknowledgement their chance to shine here. Like CP3, Luca doesn't need to be on this list. Unfortunately, like Vucevic, yes, let him be on this list because a lot of people don't give him his dues. Shout out to USC. Surprised nobody said that because y'all all for USC. Yes, I don't want. Go ahead, Skyler. Absolutely. Uh, For me, I used to love the skills was the illest. The skills challenge was amazing. Uh, We got in 2007, you had Kobe Bryant, Wayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Paul. Are you kidding me? That was an all-star skills challenge. It was so fun to watch. It was hype, the best in the game. I think any players who have that good footwork, that dexterity, and can really put on a show and show just how much how much skill these NBA players have can do it. With that being said, 
I'm going with the OG CP3 winning yeah. the skills challenge at 35 years old because he is looking younger this season. He is balling out. He looks like he's got that speed back. I know at USC, he said he's on that vegan diet now, and I think it's showing. I think he really, really looks quick. He looks like he's in great shape, and he has that skill. He has that sizzle. Uh, I like the skills challenge overall. Love to see Luca bringing back that star power when it was like that in 07, but let's go. CP3 is going to prove everyone wrong and take home the skills challenge. I'm going to have to agree with Skylar here. I'm a CP3 fan, and yes, he is 35. Yes, he's a little old, but it's okay. He's still doing a thing. And obviously, as we saw, like, in Phoenix, like, he just turned that whole team around. And I have him winning. Yeah, he's old, but he's still got it in him. I think he can do it. And he wouldn't be on his list if he couldn't do it. But, yeah, I feel like they did add him on this list because they needed, like, an OG and, like, a, you know. Um, But – I didn't really watch the skills challenge is not one of my favorite things. My one of my favorites are the three point and the dunk. So like the skills is kind of like on the lower end, but I have CP three and I hope he wins. Um, You gotta have those skill. You gotta have the most skilled players to make the skills challenge fun and relevant. Again, like that Oh seven roster that I brought up and uh, Robert Robert Covington. Covington. We we can't go for comedic relief here. NBA. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Unrelated to the skills challenge. It's I, I, I probably have said this a thousand times in my head. It's a damn shame that that Chris Paul trade was vetoed. Bad memories. You just got to include it there, huh? Huh? You just had to include that. I think almost yeah. every podcast we, we talk about CP3, you discuss that trade. Or it, that still pisses trade. Me, it still pisses me off to this very day. It's like nine years Basketball bro. reason. But anyways, uh, Sydney, you touched on the next point. Three-point contest, and we're talking about old. CP3 is old. Well, apparently Steph is old, too, because he's the oldest one in the field. You've got Stephen Curry, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Zach Levine in the three-point contest this year. So, obviously, I'm going to run with my boy, Devin Booker. He's going to win. Uh, sorry, Steph. You're, you, he, just never, he just never shows out. I don't know why. He just never shows out. He's won it like what once? He's been in there four times, and and he lost how many of those times to Clay Thompson? That's not here. Uh, Booker I, had twenty eight. Bruh, dude is gonna go off. Uh, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna say Donovan Mitchell. I I, I have him winning this. I think he's been he's been really developing his three point game. Like I think he's always been a pretty good three point shooter, but especially this season, I think he's been like de- like practicing that game so much. That I think, I think he's gonna go into this um, contest more seasoned than than the others. Um, I actually think Steph could play play second, Booker third. I think I think Tatum and Brown will finish near the will both finish the bottom because that's like Tatum can shoot the three, but that's not a big part. Well, it's it is a part, but that's not his main point of his game. Tatum has a his whole game is but basically based around his mid ranger. So Tatum and Brown bottom uh mitchell wins steph and book steph or book finish second see i I like how y'all just snubbing somebody there's somebody on this list that you're not even mentioning and i know that we got damn you just gonna steal my thunder daniel come (laughs) on on, bro i'm setting it up oh my god 
Damn. Go ahead, G. You know, it's just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, well, Daniel said it. I, I, I have Zach Levine winning this contest. He has something to prove. He has something to prove. <laughs> He's winning this contest. He has something to prove. He's a first-time All-Star now. He Look, Zach Levine is a winner when it comes to All-Star festivities. We saw this in the dunk contest. He's about to be... How many players in the NBA history has won a three-point contest in a dunk contest? Because Zach Levine is going to set history. And in the next year or two, I'm sounding like Daniel right now. The Lakers are going to get Zach Levine. So this is just the start of it. He's going to win this three-point contest. No question. Wow, wow. It's I, I personally think that this is the GOAT three-point contest because everyone in here can ball out and everyone in here is a big name as well and that doesn't always happen in the three-point contest so I think it's going to be incredibly exciting I like a lot of the picks that you guys are mentioning but Stephen Curry is having that prove it season proving the doubters wrong. And so that's why I once again see the OG hitting the threes. Steph Curry in a hurry to hit a flurry of threes. He's going to ball out. This dude is the man. He's the greatest three-point shooter of all time. And Steph Curry is going to win the competition this time around. I think it will be Curry and Booker in the finals. Booker also has that prove-it mentality right now after not making the all-star roster originally. I think Steph Curry is going to take home the prize this year and just go off like we've seen him go in practice with barely any fans in the building I think he'll do it yeah with Clay Thompson out I think Steph's gonna win it too and obviously Devin Booker is probably gonna come in second but I gotta ride for Steph on this one because he has lost to Clay Thompson in the past and now that Clay isn't in the picture I feel like Steph is gonna do it but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good three point contest. That's one of the ones I'm really gonna focus on All Star Weekend. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to be the best of the three things going on at All Star Weekend, apart from the game itself, because you know you got all the big names doing the three point contest. You got some big names doing the skills challenge, and then you got the dunk contest, and it's um it's a list. Um, you got. <laughs> You got Obi Toppin, Cassius Stanley, and Anthony Simons. So only three that, people this year. That's, um, that's not television worthy. You can't. You can't put time. that on. Yeah. You, you can't but, put that on television. I'm sorry. That's why it's halftime. Yeah. Oh, okay. Halftime's what 15, 20 minutes long. So yeah, they got one dunk. The one dunk can't mess up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, uh, yeah. So, I mean, this really sums up uh, the COVID era of All-Star Weekend that we only have three dunk. I mean, could you show us that you're half-assing it more? You've got three contestants instead of four. Uh, I do think Obi Toppin can have some nice slams, but does he really have the vertical? Uh, he's got the power, but does he really have the vertical to show out in the dunk contest? Uh, and then you got, like... Anthony Simons, you know, he's good, but come on, we can do a lot better than that. And Cassius Stanley, look, I get it. He balled out in college, but the guy's never dunked in the NBA yet. Come on. <laughs> oh, he's going to dunk on Sunday. So I hope he proves me wrong because his, his college dunks look nice. So, okay. So, really quickly, I got, uh, um, I got Anthony Simons winning the dunk contest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
did like okay i follow nba on, on on instagram right and they were showing like all of their like dunks right or at least one dunk to like showcase promo right yeah. and, you know obi topping and then Cassius uh, Stanley, he did one in practice because <laughs> to Skyler's <laughs> point, he hasn't He's dunked never in the NBA. And then Anthony Simons did a dunk that that looks like a dunk that I could do. Like, you know, <laughs> I didn't see Anthony Simon assignment. Anthony Simons. Jesus. <laughs> I have not seen him do anything above the rim like that. Like, you know, I I got to go with Toppin. That's the only dunker on this list. Yeah. Uh, Toppin's decent. And yeah, he can dunk too. I guess he he was a big jammer in college. So yeah, it's topping for me. He's gonna have a nice like little Superman Dwight Howard type dunk. I think. Yeah, this is definitely not one of the best dunk contest lineups like at all. But I I'm gonna go with topping too. Oh, all right. I'm the only one that's uh, taking someone else. But you know, it's gonna be interesting because. Remember when I think it was like the early 2000s, the dunk contest was so trash that they had to scrap it for a few years. Yeah, it sucks if this was the cause for another hiatus because I mean, you got three dudes who are cool, I guess. And like, yeah, strangely, you can thank uh, Dwight Howard for making it relevant again to an extent. Yeah, no, it was, it's supposed to be fun, especially with big names like Nate Robinson wasn't big, but he was a name. He won that four times, I think, right? Three, four times. Zion yeah. should have been in this dunk contest. Yes. That's exactly play. what I thought. He didn't want to do it, but I wish he was in there. He's in the game. He's in the game. Think, so. Do you think LeBron so, would have, uh, like, LeBron has refused several times to do dunk, the, the, the dunk contest. Do you think he would have, like, done well in his in his prime? Like, well, yes. he's, yeah. 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 He's I still in his prime like, now. Yeah, he's still in his prime, but, like, when he was, like, 10 years younger. Yeah, I hate absolutely. that he's always refused to do the dunk contest. He would I know, have been it's so like good. weird, man. Yeah, well, speaking of weird, this entire weekend is weird because we're having an all-star game, but yes. they they formally drafted their teams, and let me know what you guys think about these teams and who's going to win. So on Team LeBron, you've got, obviously, LeBron. You've got Giannis, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola, Nikola Jokic, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, CP3, Jalen Brown, Paul George, DeMontis Sabonis, and Rudy Gobert. On Team KD, you have Kyrie, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, who's the injury replacement for KD, James Harden, Devin Booker, Zion, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and Donovan Mitchell. So, obviously, just straight from the get-go, KD's team is a lot more fun to watch as opposed to LeBron's team, but ultimately I got LeBron taking it. I agree. I think, I just think LeBron's team is basketball in the basketball sense is more fundamental, fundamentally sound. I mean, obviously I actually think they have, they have more top. I think LeBron's teams has more top five players than KD's teams does. You got Giannis, Curry, Luca. Oh my God, that's a deadly combo. And then you got an underrated player like Damian Lillard, who has been disrespected his entire, his entire career. And you know, and you could, and then you have Rudy Gobert to add some defense. So yes, LeBron. I think I'm signing with LeBron here. Just more sound. Yeah. Plus, when it comes Dame time, you know, you know who to yeah. give it to. Obviously. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead, and, and talk about disrespect. You just disrespected him again by putting Luca over him. Sorry, I have to say Damian Lillard is a better player right now than Luka Doncic, and he should have been starting. Sorry, I just had to. Same time, got to watch on. Uh, but I have to agree with Daniel. You know, it's all love, Daniel. I just, you know, that's that's how we do on the Shooting Bricks podcast. But uh, I'm going with LeBron James. 
the king, the GOAT. He knows how to pick a team. And look, these aren't bums. These are all-stars, <laughs> and he has them. Curry, Luka, Jokic, Dame, Simmons, CP3. Look at the names on there. They are about to come out and ball. It won't be a blowout for sure because, like Jared said, that, that other team, um, they have some exciting players. But I think that this team is a little bit more – little bit more fun uh more fun to watch than the other team uh and the reason why i say that is we're going to see a lot of handles from curry luca we're going to see some beautiful passes from Jokic, ben simmons in transition every all-star game ben simmons looks good with lebron um i think he's picked them every all-star he's been in uh cp3 knows how to lob it up and we're going to see some outstanding things from jalen brown as well um uh, pg he always goes off uh sabonis and gobert have uh, go uh, gobert gobert is going to be a garbage but sabonis has something to prove too so I think Team James is going to take a victory. I don't know why, but Gobert sounds like either an ice cream flavor or something <laughs> like a Chuck E. Cheese game. I like it. Uh, but anyways, no, I'm, you know, that's what's beautiful about this podcast is just naturally we sometimes have, you can always find someone to agree with. I want to go with King James so much. I want to go with that roster. I want to go with Damian Lillard, uh, Stephen Curry. But when I look at the entirety of the rosters, I'm actually going with Kevin Durant's roster. And oh, I think Zion Williamson is going to show out and win the All-Star MVP. I think he's ready to make a name. He's heard the doubters. He's the young king. He's the young king of the future. Zion Williamson is the illest son. This dude is ready to play and make his name and show people that he is special and he deserves to be there at this age as a superstar. Kyrie taken over in the clutch and beads balling out this season you got Kawhi leonard bradley beal best scorer in the nba you got james harden on your bench with devin booker i i and zach levine shooting the threes randall mitchell uh and then vucevic at the big i i just there's no it's an all-star game of course it's going to be a great game all these players are great personally i think kd's team fits together real nice and I see them taking home this thing at the end of the day, but I will be very pleased if Team LeBron takes it home. I'm excited to watch this game. It shouldn't be happening, but I'm so excited it is. KD's yeah. not playing. Yeah. KD's he's team. Injured. I know, but he's not playing. I know. Yeah. But Sydney, go ahead. You look uh, a little yeah. bit. LeBron yeah. and Giannis on the same team. That's amazing. That's all I'll say. Skyler, um, I don't even bet, but I'm willing to make a bet with you that Zion would not make the MVP uh, at this game. And I have Team LeBron all day. And yeah, Zion deserves to be there, but he's not about to win the MVP of this all-star game. Like, let's just stop that right there. And yeah, so if you want to make that bet, just let me know because he's definitely I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted, but... (laughs) I just have a weird feeling that uh, that he's going to show out in his first game as a superstar, but I understand the hesitation. I mean, if we're talking about bets, how much do you want to bet that Zion plays more than 15 minutes? He's not playing more than 15 minutes. He has to. Oh, my God. If he doesn't want to bet, I, I give it 50-50. I give it 50-50. Of him playing more than 15 minutes? I doubt it, dude. I mean, I, I, I hella doubt it, dude. Who is he playing over, though? Think about it. It's probably Kawhi. Yeah. Kawhi will load manage. Yeah, he'll probably mm-hmm. play like a minute and a half and then say but like, yeah, you, you, my, you going to start him over Harden or Mitchell. Like, I don't know. Zion, I mean, even Levine. Like, I don't know. Their, their scoring is just, 
I don't know. It's a little easier. It's a little bit more fluid. So many of these players don't want to be playing though. And him as that young guy, I think he's going to really come out and try and prove himself. I feel like he will get more than 15 minutes though, because Mm. of low management and all that. That's the only reason why I think he's going to get over 15 minutes though. Really? That's interesting. Because personally, I think like the dudes at the Pelicans are going to be like, no, we can't, we can't risk it. The dude's barely playing like 30 minutes, right? Something crazy like that. 30. He's playing maybe 30 minutes a game if that randall's gonna play all 48 watch (laughs) yeah i would love to see julius randall take home that mvp and make noise but that's why i like kd's scheme they just it's young it's prove it guys they fit together i don't know it'll be a great game and i'll be totally happy if team lebron wins uh lebron and Giannis is one of the scariest combinations i've ever seen but i just think kd's team has more depth i like to see bradley bill pop off though yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, really like I think he's winning it. That's he's another candidate like, for MVP he, for sure. Very underrated. So he's got the ultimate green light on Sunday. Right. He's going to be popping out, dude. But right. yeah, just to, I'll go Bradley Beal is my second MVP candidate. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But just a few more things here before we wrap things up. Um, so the All Star events are slated to generate about $2.5 million in donations for HBCUs, even more, actually. Um, they're saying it could be at minimum $3 million. So that's pretty solid. Um, the three officials that are officiating the game are Tony Brown, Courtney Kirkland, and Tom Washington, all residents of Atlanta and all graduates of HBCUs. So yeah, that's from Tim Reynolds. So cool stuff there. And yeah, just thoughts on, you know, the new thing coming out called Space Jam 2. Have you guys seen the the images? Um to be mm-hmm. fair, I'm a I'm a big Jordan fan, and so seeing these pictures, yeah, they look cool, but it I think it's just you know the the memory of the first one, just not really, just not really feeling this one if I'm honest. But go ahead. Listen, obviously we're not hoping. I'm not hoping for a, like obviously this is not going to win the academy an academy award. I just want a good. I just want to have a good time. I just, I just want, I just want classic, good old classic basketball. So I, my expectations are low, but as long as you give me a good time, you, you give me some my my quick basketball fix, it's all good. I'm, I'm not expecting much. Just make, just make, just make me, just make my day. Just give me a smile on my face. That's all. Yeah, exactly. Just make your day. Go ahead. Um, I I feel like if we don't. It's going to be hard, but if we don't compare it to the first Space Jam, I think it should be solid. I, I'm excited for it. I mean, basketball movies are are typically always good. I'm not, like like Daniel said, not an Academy Award, but it's it's a good time. So, yeah. um, and then we get to see the Looney Tunes. Like, what's what, you know, you get to be a kid again. Let's see LeBron uh, and how his acting is going. For, movie theater where I a just, kid can be a kid. I just want to say, basketball movies are also, for some reason, a little bit rare, but like for, for Hollywood. Hollywood always sides with the football and baseball movies, so to get a basketball movie, I'm not complaining. There's some yeah. great basketball movies out there, bro. Absolutely. The way back with Ben Affleck recently was very, oh, very yeah. impressive. Oh, yes, um, that, that. Right before, right before, like it was a year ago, right before all everything went kind of crazy on. Uh, That's the last Mar- movie I've seen in a theater, and I go to the yeah. theater often. <laughs> yeah, I saw Onward by Pixar. Uh, good movie. But anyways, uh, you know. 
personally, Space Jam 1 changed my life. I never would have, you know, it got me into basketball. Uh, I've seen it well over 10 times at this point in my life. I got it nearly memorized. It's one of my favorites. Michael Jordan, I go into the theater when I was three years old. First movie I can remember seeing in theaters. Legendary stuff. So for me personally... I am excited for Space Jam 2. I was salty for a little while, but as G kind of said, it's not going to be the first one. It's not going to change our lives in the same way, but it's going to be a cultural event. And it's going to be a fun cultural event after a pandemic. And so I'm really excited. I think that'll be an uplifting time uh, to have that back in theaters. And it should bring in, hopefully, a new generation of basketball fans. They're also and LeBron's going to be hopping into some other Warner Brothers movies and, you know, Clay Thompson acting is going to be hilarious. Uh, it's going to be some pretty interesting stuff in there for sure. So personally, yes, I am excited for Space Jam 2. It will never be the first one. Space Jam 2 should have been Kobe. Jordan said that himself, uh, but we're here. We are where we are now. So at this time, I'm happy to have LeBron in it. And USC recruit, uh, I believe his name is Sierra, was draft, was cast as LeBron's son in the movie. So very, very hyped for this. Yeah, in the beginning, I was just like, some movies just don't need to be remade. And I thought this was one of them. But as time went on, I was like, okay, like, as like you guys said, they could be doing it at a different angle, maybe not trying to like recreate the first one in a way, but like, maybe just going at a different angle or something. But I'm excited to see what it's going to look like. Because the first one is such a classic. And it's like a part of so many people's childhoods. And it's just like, we don't want to see that, like, you know, go away, like, they made this number two, and it's like, not even as close as being good. Because it's like Michael Jordan, like, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Like LeBron James is LeBron James, but like he's not Michael Jordan, well, in my opinion. So I'm right. Yeah, I I'm obviously I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to say I'm like excited to watch it or anything. Yeah. And we also have to factor in the cultural impact that the first one had. Right. Because the Air Jordan 11s that came out, the Space Jams, like I remember when I got the Space Jams four years ago, no, five years ago in 2016, and I went to a Foot Locker and you know, I was rocking them. I was looking at some kicks and a dude just walks up to me and starts looking at my shoes really intently. Like he just starts looking at it and I'm like, and he's looking around, walking around me and I'm like, can I, uh, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, your shoes, are they the Space Jam 11s? And I'm like, yeah, they are. And so I went to get something from the shelf and then I tried on that shoe and then the dude saw my shoe off and he's like, Hey, can I look at your Space Jam 11s? And I'm like, sure, yeah, go ahead. And he's like, what size are these? And I'm size 10. And he's like, can I get them off of you? And I'm like, no. And so, <laughs> like, it's it's just like the impact that the shoes yeah. have themselves. Like, it's crazy. And as great as this movie might be, I don't think it's just going to... It's. I don't think it's going to have that, if that makes sense. Like... Sure, it might introduce a new generation of basketball fans, but I don't think what he's rocking the LeBron 18s or whatever in this film, whatever it is. I don't think it's just going to have the same impact as no. you know seeing a Jordan. Yeah, I, I agree. And plus, LeBron James is iconic in in very different ways than Jordan was. Jordan was very business centric. LeBron, yes, he had his own he had his own business thing, but he, LeBron's thing is more about social justice and 
admittedly, I think it's more it's a, a tad less bit less than the business thing. So it's just because LeBron and Michael Jordan have have prioritized two different things. So that's why yeah. I don't think this sequel won't be as successful as the first one. Yeah, the thing is, Space Jam is a basketball movie, and and the beautiful thing about LeBron's legacy is it extends so far beyond basketball. And with Michael Jordan, he was basketball to the point where him as a basketball player transcended culture in and of itself just by being a basketball player. So he kind of took on that real-life superhero element in a way. Um, but yeah, the, the only reason I'm excited now is because I've accepted it's happening. It won't be the first one. I saw the pictures and I'm like, okay, it's going down. Uh, I'll appreciate it for what it is. It won't compare to the first one, but I'm excited that it's happening now. Just because it is. Just don't be just don't be Batman and Robin terrible. Just just give us that's a good time. Don't, just give us a good don't time. Don't be DC terrible. Um, I think terrible. also just to uh, piggyback off what Jared said, uh, Michael Jordan had a culture around him, like, and, and he had more of a story to tell within the movie, right? Because I was around the time where he retired, you know, went into baseball, and we saw this on the big film. Also, it was a little bit more personal. He had his own children on, in, in, in the movie, you know what I'm saying? And we don't even got that. Like, this was a perfect time. Bronny should have been in this movie. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> that would have that been dope. Like, I, no offense, shout out, fight on. Shout out to USC and the recruit. That I'm, I'm glad that they got that. But I think that would have been a bit bitter. That would have been, that would have been more of an impact if we would have saw Bronny James and, and LeBron James on the big screen yeah. get, together and see Savannah and, you know, all the other children he has that I'm forgetting their names. <laughs> Bryce yeah. and Bryce. Yeah. Little, Bryce. Uh, forget, Zuri. forget his daughter. Zuri. There. Zuri. There you go. Savannah's wife. Yeah. I don't think Savannah likes being in the limelight like that, though. So I don't know. Yeah, she, I see that. Fair enough. Fair low key. Yeah, but speaking of Loki and Jordans and sneakers, uh, Sydney, you did a story on this um, a few days ago, but Anne, is her name Herbert or Herber? Nike. I said her. Herbert. Okay. Hebert. Well, Hebert. Her- it's Hebert. There's not, it's Anne Hebert. Okay. So I, Anne- I look that up a lot. <laughs> I think it's Hebert. Okay. Well, we'll just call her Anne for sake of simplicity, but Anne. Yeah, it's Anne Hebert. Yeah. Right. Anne, Nike's vice president and general manager of North America, resigned after her son was found to be profiting off off of the sneaker resale market. And after research, her son has an American Express corporate card in his mom's name for his streetwear company. And, quote, some purchases totaled six figures as he and his team bought high-end sneakers in bulk, according to Bleach Report. And someone actually did the math on Twitter. This guy was getting, check this. So initially, he was getting 55% off with the discount given by his mom. Plus, when he used the company card, that was an additional 15% off. So he's getting 70% off of sneakers. That's crazy. Like, if you, like, I'm a sneakerhead, right? And if I got 70% off of all the sneakers that I can get, shoot, dude, like, the pair of Air Jordan 11s that I was talking about, typically retailing for $190, I could get that for $57. An Air Jordan 1 mid for $34.50, and an Air Jordan high specifically the university blues that I've been looking at for $51. That's crazy. And this dude has just been like using his mom's name. And in the Bloomberg article, he said that, Oh, my mom's so high up that it's not even part of like, I'm not even using her. 
are you? I mean, there have been pictures circulating where he was on his patio with literally thousands of shoes. And he has a warehouse filled with 5,000 plus sneakers. And another thing, he was, he quote unquote found a warehouse where a bunch of air mags from basically all the Back to the Future films, I think it was. And those sell for a, a pretty penny. He found six of those in quote unquote a warehouse. Like that's insane. Like personally, as a sneakerhead, this is extremely infuriating that I'm losing to this dude every week on sneakers. But I don't know. I know you guys aren't necessarily, well, gee, you're a sneakerhead too, but I know that it, you guys aren't necessarily as well-versed in the sneaker community, but yeah, just quick thoughts on that. Um, as a person that, uh, that does appreciate good sneakers, but like, I just, but I'm not at the same time, not a sneakerhead. I just, I just don't understand. Like, why are you, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. These sneakers are good. They're artistically good looking, but like they're fantastic looking. They're they're like at the end of the day, they're dude, bro. They're just the shoes. They're shoes. They're just shoes. He's 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 making money off of this. He's 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 buying the shoes in bulk and reselling them. Yeah, like he's uh, he's made. That's (laughs) someone did the math. He's made I think like five hundred thousand dollars. That's the issue. Resellers, yeah. y'all the issue. Y'all wanna y'all wanna take y'all wanna take all the shoes from us hardworking citizens out here and y'all wanna resell them for an arm and a leg, bro. I mean and don't I get just, me started on FedEx. I don't I mean it's one of those obsessions people have. Like I just don't understand I don't I just don't understand. Like you, you don't need 30 something sneakers. I'm sorry. You definitely do need 30 pairs of sneakers, one for every day of the week. I can attest to that personally. Facts. Like, facts. Yeah. Big facts. See, you're cradling your, your flints over there. Dude, it's it's not an obsession. It's a passion, right? Facts. Passion? There's a difference. There's a very yeah. fine line, okay? Like, there's a very fine line. Yeah. There's a in their shoes. You know, oh. although the thing is, for me personally, I, I loved sneakers as a kid, even though I wouldn't say I'm a diehard sneakerhead now or anything. I respect the culture so much, man. Uh, really, it, it's just like it's so important to the game of basketball. It's the same way that, that you have things maybe from when you were a kid that you collect, you rewatch. It's it's that's really what it is to me. And now these NBA players are making millions of dollars. So you got PJ Tucker and he's still got that childlike love of his sneakers. So he's got hundreds and hundreds of sneakers. Uh, even though, Thousands. you know, I don't collect sneakers like I used to. I, I totally get it. I respect the sneakerhead culture. But uh, yeah, man, don't take advantage of other people like that for the dude who resold and stuff. That's ridiculous. Yeah, when I heard this story, I was pissed off because I was like, I wake up at 7 a.m. to go on sneakers app, go on Foot Locker, do all this work to lose to resellers. And that's just annoying because it's like, I don't know why like Jordan 1s are like a new trend or something from like TikTok or whatever. But it's just like all y'all weren't here years ago. Why are y'all coming Mm -hmm. here now, like disrupting everything? And all I know is I don't get these university blues on Saturday. I'm just going to cry. So you and me both. You and me both. They set up like a support group, like <laughs> right for all for all the dudes that just can't get them. Because, like, man, this sucks. Like, imagine buying a pair of sneakers, like a pair of Air Jordan ones for fifty one dollars, and then selling them for like three hundred bucks. God, that's like, dude, Daniel. This is again. This is a passion, not an obsession. Just saying. Very fine line. Okay, I mean, that's, you try it. That that's just. 
I mean, I, I, look, well, look, listen, 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 listen. I like Nike. I like Jordans. They're all, they're all good. It's just like, do, do you really need 30, 40, 50? Yes. You do. Do you really like? I like. I. I. I as just give me, just give me good looking, like, like well working Nikes, and I'm fine. Like, what if there are thirty pair of good looking Nikes? Like that's literally I mean, what I have. I. I can. I can. I can yeah. actually see myself doing this, but only if I got rich off something. Then yes. Like, then you don't I'm, have to be rich. You just have to be passionate. It's it's a way of life. It's a way of art. You have different outfits. You have different moods of the day. You know what I'm saying? You you know you need shoes for different occasions. Sometimes you just want to look at your shoes. Sometimes yeah. you're trying to impress people. Sometimes you try to hoop. Sometimes you try to run. You need these different shoes. Maybe your feet are hurting this day. Maybe they're cold. You know, there's so many different shoes. It's it's it's, it's art. It's art. I mean, I mean, okay, I respect it. I don't know. There's there's a fine line of going too far. I mean, I'd rather save all that money and like put it towards like week pass every month or every year. Like I would put my money towards that instead. You week can do pass. both. Yeah. Uh, you can do both. But, league oh. pass is like 14 bucks for like a team. Okay. Check this. If <laughs> if Zion, right? Book it. What are we? An hour 21 into this podcast. If Zion plays more than Actually, no. If Zion wins All Star All Star Game MVP, I'm buying you a pair of Jordans, anyone you want. Okay. Just to okay. just to get your foot, in, literally your foot in the door, because this is a way of life, man. He over there smiling inside. <laughs> He's gonna be looking at the TV like, "Oh, Zion, Skyler, thank you." <laughs> bet, dude. Bet. I'm high. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a way of life, man. You should try it. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm willing to try it. It's just like. From from the outside looking at like oh okay like I I don't give it a something, shot. There, there's something there's mind now huh there's something I don't quite get but like I want to I want to understand bro once there's a, a once there's a, a free pair of shoes on the table dead when I'm gonna, yeah, I'm again I'm inspired I, I got Kyrie's probably like a year and a bit ago uh, some nice red ones and I I need to get some new sneaks soon speaking <laughs> of uh, things that could be good um. So the Associated Press found out that heart problems may be rare in pro athletes who have contracted COVID-19. So I'm not a pro athlete, but I have contracted COVID-19. And this is great news. So, you know, more more good things about not good things, but more good news coming out of COVID. So, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, hopefully there's no long term effects. Uh, fingers crossed, especially for me. But last thing, you guys should really watch tur- Turkish oil wrestling. For a really good time it's um it's a really good time don't don't mind what you know the obviously the listeners can't see this but everyone just had san sydney of course but everyone just had a weird reaction to it but you guys should totally watch it it's a it's a fun time if you're just looking for a laugh if you're feeling down just you know it's a it's a good time but um all that being said I just want to say thank you very, very much to Sydney for hopping on. I know this took way longer than I think you would have liked. It's been an hour and a half almost. So really appreciate you hopping on. We really appreciate it, especially since, you know, you're from Long Beach, you know, shout out, you know, 562. But um, yeah, uh, if people want to find you, where, where can they find you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I don't know my handle, but I think it's underscore S-S-Y-D-N-E-Y-Y. 
And you can follow me on LinkedIn because I'm trying to get my LinkedIn popping. You know, I need to get a job after graduation. Yeah. So my LinkedIn is just Sydney Rocket. And yeah, those are like, I don't want you to follow me on Twitter. So just Instagram and LinkedIn, you know? Yeah, for sure. You have any, uh, any you know, articles and stuff you want to promote? Anything that you want you have in the pipeline that you want to promote? Yeah, actually, I just did a feature story on a USC volleyball player named Joy Dennis. She's the only Black woman on her team off like she's a fifth year now because COVID ruined her senior year so she's been the only black woman on the team all five years and this is beach volleyball specifically and I have basically all of my recent articles and a link in my bio on Instagram so go check that out go run up those views and stuff and yeah thank you guys for having me on today I really appreciate it it was really fun no worries we'll you know shout out to Skylar for you know connecting all of us shout out to uh, Skylar the goat And wow, thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll be happy to have you on anytime. Um, just let us know, and you know we'll we'll be happy to have you on. But uh, speaking of things that COVID did not ruin, just want to give a big shout out to all the people in New Zealand for helping us reach number fourteen. So keep doing what you're doing, New Zealand. Hey. Um, God bless New Zealand. Thank you, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah thank you. you for listening to us. Yeah, gonna admit we I personally did not know people listened to our particular podcast in New Zealand, but we're number 14. So shout out to you guys. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the love. And it must be Steven Adams, the rage of Steven Adams. If it's Steven Adams, dude, man, (laughs) Al Drogo from uh, game of Thrones, (laughs) same person. Yeah. But um, yeah, for everyone else, don't forget to subscribe to the shooting bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks Podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Uh, I'm Daniel Wen. Shout out to the 562. Thank you again to Sydney for coming on. Uh, one last shout out to, I want to give out give a shout out to Kate Thurston of The Bachelorette. If the rumors are true, uh, um, excuse me, not The Bachelorette, The Bachelor. I hope you're in the next Bachelorette, Katie, because I think you're going to be good in the lead. But anyways, joining me as well. Might be sad boy hours tomorrow when Drake drops a new song, but big shout out to the beach. Big shout out to Miss Rocket for joining the Shooting Bricks podcast today. Of course, you know who it is. It's your boy, Rally Rail, Jarrell Sales. And of course, we have. Yo, what up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to Shooting Bricks. Shout out to New Zealand. Uh, shout out to everyone for celebrating the 15th anniversary of my bar mitzvah with me today as well. And special thank you to Sydney for hopping on. Uh, Sydney, you know, always appreciate getting to know you at USC and uh, just knew you would be a great vibe on the podcast. And you most certainly were. It was a really fun episode. So thank you for coming on again. And the woman of the hour we have with us. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you, Skylar, for reaching out. I really wish we could have like met in person this semester, but, you know, COVID sucks. But, yeah, I had really fun. Thank you guys so much. Shout out to the LBC. Shout out to USC. Shout out to all y'all for letting me be on here. No worries. No worries. And we'll see everyone else next week.